This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. One thing that the previous drasha enlightened me was that speaking after Mr. Rari is speaking in prime time and the same thing, maybe even worse. So I'd like to thank you for your inspiring words, and I'll know for the next time where to position myself when I'm speaking. Um, the OU is an organization dedicated to the concept of kehilla, or perhaps mega kehilla. Um, the concept of kehilla has struggled to make it over to America for many reasons, and the OU is probably the most focused organization on this concept. We tend to define these things very loosely. Kehillah, group of people together, shul, it's nice, it's wonderful. But I think it's important to have a second look and some sort of understanding of what is a Kehillah, what is a Kohol, and why I think an event like this is, goes to the core of the mission of an organization like OU. The Pusik does not describe the day of Matan Torah as Yom Matan Torah. That's not described. Zman Matan Torah Seinu is Anshakan Sagdola. It's a later formulation as such. There's only one concept. Um, it's called Chagabikurim. But as far as a title for the day, the Torah three times calls it Yom HaKohol, the day of the Kohol. The Pesach says, And then, And finally, So the Torah three times reiterates Matan Torah as Yom HaKohol. There's nothing really in the Pesach that lends itself to need that description. It's one thing sometimes that when the Pusik says, you saw it, no one else saw it, when the Torah is trying to reinforce the concept of personal experience as a basis for a Muna, so Yom HaKol would make sense. In these three psukim, there's no special reason to call it Yom HaKol. Yes, everybody was there, everybody was gathered, but why call it Yom HaKol? Why is that the only name given to the day of Matan Torah. So I want to explore a little bit the concept of Kohol, and maybe we'll have a, a sense of why Matan Torah is described as Yom HaKohol. There are three terms used to describe a, 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 um, a Tzibur, a Kohol, an Ada. Three terms used to describe a community of sorts. Tzibur is not, obviously, as such, a word in the Torah. The word litzbor, meaning to gather, is, is a, a, a uh, word in the Torah, um, but it's a word that Chazal have used. We have a term of Eida, which the Torah does use, and we have the term of Kohol. And each one of these terms carries its own nuances. Each one of these does represent another facet of Klal Yisrael, 
but it's important to identify, if we're speaking about a kehila and a kohol, it's important to identify what's the outstanding feature. So let's start with the term tzibur, which is the term that Chazal use for a gathering of people for davening, a shliach tzibur, tefillah tzibur, and so on. Those are the terms that tzibur is used for. The word tzibur of the three has the property of being, of being used for inanimate objects as well. A tzibur is, can apply to, not as tzibur, but litzbur bar, means to gather wheat. The word tzibur, tzavur, just means a gathering of items. It can be people, it can be things. The concept of a tzibur also has in itself a very, very weak link. The Gemara says in Yuma, the Gemara speaks about what constitutes a carbon tzibur um, for being docha certain things and so on, for some of the details of, of halachas of karbonis. And the Gemara says that carbon chagiga, which is the sacrifice that people brought when they came yontif to the Beis Hamikdash. It was personal. It was not one offering on behalf of the public. Everyone who came was all regal brought a chagiga. Um, the Gemara calls that it has the status of a carbon tzibur, and the reason is because it's bar bekinufia. Kinufia means a gathering, a random gathering of people. A knufia does not denote any unity, it's just a mass of people. The same thing is true with carbon Pesach. Also has that status of a carbon tzibur because it comes bekinufia. And Rashi in Pesachim sharpens that definition. And he says, Yechidim that are knufia have a status of a tzibur. So they are individuals, but since they have come together, it has a certain aspect of being a public. So a tzibur applies most significantly to tefillah, but it says nothing about the tzibur other than the fact that they happen to be gathered in the same place, davening together. Those of us who've had the pleasure of making use of shtiblach, wherever they are, know exactly what it is. The, the 10 people davening I've never met, they might never meet again. They're just fortunate enough together to form a minion for Mincha or Mayrev or whatever it is, and on. There's nothing there other than the present. So tefillah is associated with Sibur because it denotes the momentary gathering of people, a necessary gathering of people, but that's all there is to it. And therefore, it has the advantage of being, anytime 10 people get together, they can say Kaddish and Kedusha, it has this distinct disadvantage of not predicting anything for the future, just kind of a random gathering together. My Rebbe, Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, used to speak occasionally about the need for um, davening in yeshiva, remembering that the mere yeshivas situated one block from two of the best shtiblach in Yerushalayim, 24-7 at least minyanim, 
and the Mir Yeshiva's Minyan Shabbos morning, which is 6.30 in the morning, it was stiff competition. So Rabbi Chaim Shalevitz would say, davening there is not Tfilah B'tzibah, really. And his marshal was, you get on the bus, and there are 50 people on Israeli bus, well, 50 seats, there are about 100 people, but 50 seats. And he says, they're not a group of 50 people. One person got on here, one person got off there, one person coming from Hasna, one person going shopping. There's nothing in common except the present that they're together. So it's a technical, halachically yoyotse, but that's what a tzibur is as such. So tefillah requires a tzibur. It is a beautiful thing that for a moment you include 10 people that really have no kesha with each other. They come together to mispal, but that's all there is to it. A step above that would be an ADA. An ADA is a group of people, and the word comes from a word like noad. Do two people walk together unless they have designated an appointment to come together? Vinoadati means an appointed getting together. And an Ada would therefore describe people that are headed to a common purpose, to a common destination. That's what an Ada is. It's certainly, we would say, in some, in many ways, superior to the concept of a tzibur. The, um, but the idea of it being stable, permanent, it's difficult. Let's say, let's take an example of, 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 of our lives. Whenever something comes up, some some great need, people rally, and they rally beautifully, whether it's a stucca thing, whether it's saving a life of somebody whose body was not found. Many, many cases of that, that there are beautiful displays of Klal Yisrael as an Ada. There's a, there's a purpose, common purpose, and we come together. But once that purpose is over, there's not really anything that will keep it together. We got together for a good reason, the, that was solved, ameliorated, whatever happened, and it's on. And people always bemoan it. You know, why can't we have this actus always? Well, the answer is because the actus was built on a yaat, on, on a destination, on a purpose. It's a very clear purpose. And once that purpose has been realized, successfully or otherwise, there really is no way in which the Ada concept can continue afterwards. So we're left with a third description. And I would, I, I would venture to say that if we can think of the three amudim, of Torah, Avodah, and Gemilas Chasadim, Gemilas Chasadim is the one that is the most likely to generate an Ada. Gemilas Chasadim defines a need, a very specific need. Klal Yisrael Arachmanim, Bnei Rachmanim, they come together and they fulfill that need and they do it. So, basing, when Klal Yisrael is occupied with the pillar of Gemilas Chasadim, they form an Ada usually, and it's a beautiful fast of Yisrael, but it does not have a mark of permanence. We're left with Kohal. 
There's a fascinating halacha about kohol. Kohol is a relevant halachic terms in Hurrius and some other places. And the Gemara says that someone who does not have an achuza is not considered kohol. In other words, Shevet Levi, as holy and as wonderful as they are, since they don't have a share in Eretz Yisrael, they are not considered kohol for certain halachic designations. Why? I mean, for those who learned American history and world history, you know, owning a share of land is outdated for voting. That's been long, uh, 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 long, long phased out. Why is it so important? Why is achuza the defining fact of a kohol? The, um, the Gemara also speaks about um, kohol. Does a shevet, one shevet alone, constitute a kohol? That seems to us a departure from the idea that all of Kalyus will have to be together. It's a machlokis. But still, it's interesting that one shevet might be considered kohol. So what is it about a kohol that we can say um, it, 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 even one shevet could be that? So I think the answer is kohol is people who are together because they come from one root. They come, it's like a tree. You might have branches, branching off in different directions, but since they're coming from one root, they are somewhere along the line attached and connected to each other, whether or not they seem to display it. So if I take three branches that are sawed off and stand alone, and I tie them really tight, that's not kohol. If I look at a tree with branches that are branched off, and you have sometimes these huge trees where the tip of one branch or the end of one branch or the tip of the other one might be a, a very large amount of space, yet they are one because they come from one shorish. I would like to ask myself, what is it? So we spoke about tefillah as generating tzibur. That's the halachic term associated with it. We spoke about gemilas chesed, um, tending to generate an ada. And we're left with kohal as being based on Talmud Torah. And the Pusik says it three times. Yoim ha-kohal is the day of Matan Torah. And the answer is, since the core of who we are and what we are are the axioms that we subscribe, subscribe to, whether we, you can disagree with somebody as long as you share a common set of axioms, and that disagreement is resolvable. If you don't share a common set of axioms, then you can argue from the day till tomorrow, there's just no way you'll ever be able to reach any agreement. So Torah is the moment. There's one set of axioms. There's one experience of reality. One experience of reality that's shared. We share a common reality. Anochi Hashem 
and lo yilecha, we all heard the same voice. There are disagreements in halacha, whether it's a mitzvah say, whether it's not a mitzvah say, what it entails and what doesn't entail. But it's all coming from one stock. And the branches, whether they like it or not, are connected at the base. So the only thing that makes us, the, the, the one religious activity that forces us to be one at our root and from where we start, from the starting point, is Torah. The activities we do, better, worse, more mitzvahs, less mitzvahs, but if we subscribe to the same set of beliefs, of basic beliefs and basic truths, then we're coming from the same, we're departing from the same point. And that is permanent because in a sense, as was mentioned before, that's who we are. We are what our core sense of emis is. Sometimes we deviate from it because it's a horror. Sometimes we make a mistake. Sometimes there are different approaches to that emis. But the core point is, are we connected at that nekuda? And that's why Matan Torah, it's not only the day of giving the Torah, it's the day when Kalal Yisrael became a kohol. We are a kohol because we share Matan Torah and the deepest part of our neshama. There's an extraordinary Rashi that we saw um, last week's uh, parsha. It says, "Well, Nos Hashem lechem leiv ladas Moshe Rabbeinu tells Klal Yisrael, you, don't, you haven't had the understanding and wisdom, a heart to understand until this very day. So Rashi elaborates. And Rashi says, I heard that the day that he's referring to is the day when Moshe Rabbeinu gave a Sefer Torah to Bnei Levi, like it says in Vayelech, Vayitel Kohanim, Bo kol Yisrael of Moshe. All of Klaasel came to Moshe Rabbeinu. V'omrlo, and they told him, Moshe Rabbeinu, af onam madna b'sinai, v'kibalna satayur v'nitalanu. We also got the Torah. U'marta mashadin shiftcha aleha, v'yomro lona yomocha lolochem nitalana nitna. There'll come a day when the Kohanim will hold the Torah and say, it's not yours. It's ours to learn and to study, and you just got to do mitzvahs. Samach Moshe al-Adava. Moshe was very happy. Valzeis amalahem. And it's in reply to that, he told them, Hayom hazen Today, you've become a nation. In other words, when every person feels that he has a chilek in Torah, and Torah is his chilek. That's when you became a nation. I, I want to emphasize a certain point that I think Rashi is making here. He's not talking about keeping mitzvahs. He's not talking about Torah in the sense of observing, not observing. The assumption would be that if the Kohanim were to be the guardians of the Torah, then the Kohanim would be the ones who would tell us what to do. We wouldn't know what to do, we ask a Kohen. Kalal Yisrael was, was very apprehensive that what would happen would be they would become divorced from the studying of Torah. 
they would become sort of just doers. But the sense of understanding, belief, um, being part of the core understanding and das of Torah would be removed from them. And when Moshe said that this is what you want, you've become a nation today because you have that common point from which you all branch out. The Shvatim had a different sense of things. Each Shevet had its own Bezdin. The Shvatim represented different facets of Klai The question was, if they would just be okay with the Kohanim understanding Torah and them fulfilling Torah, they would become cut off from Klai They would become an Ada, they're getting together to do Torah things, they might become a tzibur, they're kind of random, you know, at, at certain times gathering. But to be a kohal, to be an am, you need to have that common basis. And that's why Moshe told them, now you're a nation. Because I see that you're inseparable from an internal study of Torah, that's why I've recognized that this is it. So the pillar for building nationhood is kehila, kohal. Almost the last mitzvah in the Torah is an interesting mitzvah called hakel. Now, hakel means you gather in all of Klal Yisrael, and the Melech teaches them part of the Torah. One could look at it as a sort of keeping, you know, it, it, the sake of it is Talmud Torah. The sake of it is to refresh the Torah knowledge and so on. So I have a question. If that's true, shouldn't the Roish Bezen teach? I mean, he's the leading Talmud Chacham and Kalei Yisrael. The Melech does not have to use Talmud Chacham at all. It's not, not required. Maybe the Kohanim, because Kohanim are sort of, in, in Shoftim you see Kohanim Leviim had a sort of duty of, of studying and being sort of the, the also the Talmud Chachamim. Maybe they should. Why the Melech? And the answer is, I think, this was not an exercise in having Talmud Torah studied and refreshed. One would imagine that for Talmud Torah, one needs a lot more often study than once in seven years. It is a moment of hakel, of bringing together Klal Yisrael. It's interesting that it coincides with the end of Shemitah when Klal Yisrael gets back their achuzah. We had mentioned before that an achuzah, having a lot in Eretz Yisrael, is part of what makes a person kohol. You need to be rooted in the common field of Klal Yisrael. Shemitah is a time when we let go of our achuzah in a sense, and it goes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, that we're getting back the Achuzah, we can become a Kohol again. And that's why the children, the young babies came along, even though they could not study Torah and understand it, but they also are the Kohol because their moment of definition as being a member of the Kohol comes around the Torah. I'd like to think, ponder this a minute about our situation with Kohol and Kehillah and so on. Forever and ever, a Kohol and a Kehillah 
was the holy institution of Kal Yisrael. And many halachas depend on it. A kahila has the ability to enforce certain takanis, to expect certain donations, to follow a certain psak halacha. This was forever, for time immemorial, since the Golas, this was Kodesh Kodeshim Kal Yisrael. Even in, in um, the Gemara, with, uh, uh, once there was no more Bezna Godel, Be'asr Reb Yossi, Be'asr Reb Eliezer, a city had its, its, its tzura based around the Talmud Chacham. And, and whoever the Talmud Chacham was, he set the tone, the Psakim, and so on. Today, we've lost the concept of Kehillah, and it hasn't necessarily been to our benefit. A lot of things that could happen and could be done require Kehillah. Yes, it has a lot to do with the fact that we live in a big city, a big metropolis, um, and, and, and the fact that there's a, so many Baruch Hashem, such a Rebu Kal Yisrael. But the fact that we have so many shuls where we can pop in and daven is not a mile. Yes, I know the feeling when it's close to Shki and you want a Mincha, and lo and behold, there's a door someplace where they're shopping in a tenth person. I know that feeling. And it's wonderful that you can collect stuff for people who you don't know and help them. That's all good. And it's wonderful that you can, you know, you, you, can, you can plug in, plug out, and, and get 10 million shurim. But we're missing that sense of call and kehila. To build it around Talmud Torah, or to build it around tefillah, it's, it's, yes, it's the easiest, because everyone has to daven once a week, at least, like uh, Mr. Rari enlightened us. Uh, or at least part of once a week, but that's, that's passing. It's not fundamental. Very, f very few of us is tefillah such an activity where we can feel the very roots of it. That's, that's, that's our roots. We can build a kehillah and do things that are in the range of chesed, which is wonderful. But again, a person feels it's great. I get together these people for this, for that, the other thing. But there's no real sense of achuza. There's no real sense of being rooted. Talmud Torah, done properly, is probably the best way to give that. I want to take an example that exists in Eretz Yisrael. There, there, are many yesh there are many yeshivas that have shuls, Chanichei Chevron, Yotzei Chevron, Yotzei Panovich, Yotzei this. There's a reason for that. It's not an alumni association for fundraising because they don't have funds, they don't, that's not it. It's because somebody who learned together in Heaven Yeshiva, Panovich Yeshiva, whatever Yeshiva it is, has a certain sense of identity because his Talmud Torah, his way of thinking, his way of understanding, halacha, hashkaf, and everything is common. And he finds that to be a natural kehillah. Hasidim have an easier time with the kehillah because they were raised with the same type of Divya Torah, the same type of understanding of life, and so on and so forth, and that automatically is a kehillah. You don't need to make a kehillah. A kehillah is organic. It has to come from something. Talmud Torah is a challenge on a shul level. People have different backgrounds. People have different levels. People have different interests. Um, the common denominator of yeshiva is people want to learn in a certain direction, in a certain way. A common of a shul is people who have a job in the geographic area and moved in because the housing is nice, inexpensive, expensive, whatever, whatever it might be. So it's not, it's not easy. But the real key to forming people that feel as one 
is Talmud Torah. And Talmud Torah that is a type of Talmud Torah that is focused, a, starts with halacha. It, you, as much as we have an interest in hearing the big picture, without the details, without understanding how excruciatingly exact those details are, we're missing the picture of Torah. It sort of becomes a general nice idea. The, if, if, if in the type of learning where you have chavrusa type of learning, where there's an active, engaged learning. What happens in learning is, when you're learning with a chavrusa gemara, halacha, the first thing is that's clear is, this is absolutely true. This is emes. Now, I need to ask myself, how do I understand it? How does it apply? How do I resolve contradictions? It requires solid ground, the sense of emes of Torah, or else what's the point of it? I, I, anything that I pick up my hand and I don't think is emes, I just dismiss. So th what makes it rooted is the fact that it's, I give it emes, this is rock solid, and what makes me rooted is I keep shooting down roots. Let's try to think of it this way, try it that way. Let's look at this explanation, that explanation, other explanation. The combination of something that's immutable and absolute and the need to understand it with the way I understand it and be able to give the halachic structure, to extract halachic structure, is what makes us rooted. So an event like this should be a harbinger of many, many types of learning. Understanding that today, Baruch Hashem, where people have, the, have had the chance, most people have had a chance to learn quite a bit have a, a reasonable skill level. It used to be times when there were many members of Kila could only say Tillam or barely. Today, Baruch Hashem, it's not like that. We need to understand that finding ways in which the, in which the, 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 the shul has an aura of a base medish to it. The Allah is one should davin in the same structure of where he's studying. And the reason is because studying creates a kehillah. So, Bez Hashem, may this, these events be the segue to increasing, to, un, uh, to, to gaining an understanding of what shapes a kehillah from the bottom up. May we become kehillahs, despite the challenges of Baruch Hashem, the, the good and the bounty of, of so many people, Baruch Hashem, and, and so many Shomotar mitzvahs, and, and so many Mekomos Kedoshim. But let's be able to meet that challenge. Let's root ourselves, the Yom HaKohol, the, the Hakel of Kali Yisrael and Torah. Let us gather for tefillah in that same environment where we rooted ourselves with Torah. And let us rise to occasions when we need to, to help people with an actus that's not born of the moment's need, but it's born from the deep sense of being rooted in one place and, and, and being branches of one great tree.